Welcome to Career Tools. This week, how to be productive during the summer. The questions this cast answers are, how can I be productive during the summer? How can I be productive when colleagues are out of the office? And how can I be productive when I can't talk to my customers? So, okay, I was actually listening to another podcast and the person that I was listening to described July as the Bermuda Triangle of months because basically people are gone or you're gone or kids have things and you just feel lazy and nothing gets done in July. That was her premise. She was saying, you know, there, there's no point in her company, in her client's company, there is no point in setting big goals in July because you just don't achieve them because there's so many other things that get in the way. And it's not just true of the summer, like it happens around Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year. That's another period where you don't get a lot done because there's so many other things going on. But June, July, August are really hard times to get things done. Because no sooner is one person back from vacation, someone else is out. And actually, that's happening here, right? We've got three people out right now. One's coming back and the next one, and somebody else is going out. So we've got three out again for the next three weeks. And so it's, it feels like you can't get anything done until the kids go back to school and people come back to work in like August or September. Right. And it can be frustrating. <laughs> but it's also, you know, it's going to happen. So if you know it's going to happen and you know it's going to impact your productivity, you can plan for that period and plan to be productive. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. We're going to cover take notes about who is out when, double check deadlines, schedule meetings, check on your goals, pick up backburnered tasks, help your colleagues, and take time off. It's a long list. There's a lot you can do. We're going to start with take notes about who is out when, because it's really easy. You sit in a staff meeting and somebody says, oh, by the way, just want to let you know I'm out for two weeks in June. And you say, oh, really, where are you going? And they say, I'm going here. And you oh, that's very nice. I've been there. Or so-and-so went there and they had a nice time. And the conversation gets completely derailed to the personal things around someone's vacation and your experiences or someone else's experiences and so on, which is all important stuff. Like We're not saying don't do that stuff because that's important around relationship building. It's important to show interest in where people are going and to share experiences if you've got something to share. And when, you, when they get back, remember to ask them about their vacation and how it was. That's a, a trick. I am very bad at doing this, but I put it on my calendar and then I remember and people think I'm much nicer than I am. <laughs> so, so what happens is you have this conversation about where this person is going and you don't remember when they're going or where they're going. What you should do is make a note, like be sure to ask them, okay, so which day are you leaving and when are you back in the office and put that on your calendar. Which sounds a bit weird, put it on your calendar, right? Right, why put someone else's vacation on your calendar? And it's because that's the calendar you look at the most. If it's on someone else's, it's going to surprise you because you won't have full visibility into it. And when you're looking at your calendar, you think about the work you have to get done, when you're going to do it, who you need, all that stuff. And if there's a note, oh, hey, this person's out next week, then you'll know better to ask about it now. And I mean, you were talking about some people being out. Even right now, we know some people are out and that 
has a functional impact. It's not just, hey, someone's on vacation. It's someone's on vacation, and that means that these tasks are going to this person. And if you don't know or you can't remember and it's not on your calendar, then you run the risk there because this is an area where more coverage is better, right? It's it's kind of like more communication is better, it except is. it's your communication is from your calendar. But whoever it is, even if you don't have regular interactions with them, if they're important enough to you that you're aware that they're going on vacation, it's worth putting it in your calendar. And it could be a banner. You know, it doesn't have to be like a daily thing. But even today, we've got someone coming back, like they're out of office says until the 21st. Does that mean they're in tomorrow? Yes. That's always a really good question. And even if they are in, are they working a full day? Because not everybody does because of jet lag. And And then you don't want to bother. Yeah, while they're catching up, all that stuff. And some people pad it. And so some people will say, I'm out till the 22nd when they're coming back to the office on the 21st, but they want a day of peace and quiet to catch up. So they won't tell you they're in till the 22nd. And then if they say, oh, I'm out till the 22nd, then on the 23rd, you're like, well, are they in? Are they out? Are they having their catch up day? So being specific is really helpful. It is. And thankfully, I have a note because the person who is out is really integral to my daily work. And so I have a note because that is a big deal for me that, you know, they're coming back today. Like I know a little bit about their flights, which is nice. And, you know, if you don't put it anywhere, it might just be a footnote. You write it down somewhere or you write it down in your notebook. And then by the time they get back, you're five pages ahead of that page. You can't remember what page it's on. (laughs) Yeah. It's something to put in your calendar to keep track of. And it, is such an easy, quick thing to put in there. It's not a five-minute task. It's 30 seconds of work. And you can make it a private appointment. You don't have to show the whole world that you're tracking everybody's vacation. You can make it private so that just you can see it. And it's just a, a memory aid for you. And it's really helpful to have those memory aids. Yeah, definitely. So next up, double-check deadlines. And... This is one of those things where people know what's going to happen and they don't prepare. This is like interviews where people don't prepare the tell me about yourself question. You know that you are going to be asked that question. Like 80% of interviews, they ask that question. So why would you not prepare? That always confuses me. You know what's going to happen. Why do you not prepare? It's like, the driver's license exam, like you know there's going to be a 3.10. Why did you not practice it? And this is kind of like that. So you know during June, July, and August, and November and December, people tend to be out of the office. And so if you know that and you, your boss says, can you get this done, and you know someone else will be, need to be involved, going and double-checking, hey, my boss has asked me to do this. I have till, I'm going to tell him till then Is there anything that's going to get in the way? You're going on vacation. Is there anybody else on vacation that you're going to be covering for that's going to increase your workload and make my stuff take longer? You know, check that stuff because it is highly possible that something is going to happen and then you give your boss a deadline and say, yeah, I can get that done in two weeks and then it takes you a month because of all of the other people that are out or you're out, your boss is out, you know, and then you fail to meet your deadline. 
it's way better to a check and make sure that you are going to be able to hit the deadline that you're going to give them and also give them a deadline that you know you can hit and if possible get your work done before it always under promise over deliver always and this is one of those big times when you can extend the deadline to take account of the things that you know are going to happen and then if you beat it well done absolutely some people are going to have parts of their work covered. You know, a project manager will have a deputy and a clerk or someone may have someone helping them. But there's a solid chance that only the most important things are going to get coverage. So even if you know, hey, this person has assigned some of their work to someone else, you can't assume that your work's on that list. And this is true, of course, right now. I'm about to go on vacation. And there are only a few things that are going to get assigned to other people because I know those things can wait a week or I've done them in advance enough that, you know, we're prepared. But you can't assume that it's all going to be covered. And even if it is, the person who's doing it, who's doing the coverage, they are not likely to be as good or as fast or as aware as the person who usually does it. So it might take twice as long simply because that person doesn't know how to do it. They don't have experience. You know, as you practice, the longer you do your work, the more proficient you become. And if that's the case, somebody has to cover for me, it might take them twice as long because they just don't know. It also probably isn't the highest thing on their list, right? Mm -hmm. So if I sort of delegate, I guess is a good way, or like reassign my stuff while I'm out. Okay, great. And when it gets reassigned to somebody else, they probably don't have it as the first, second, or third thing on their list. So you run the risk, if you're not aware, that the coverage won't be as supportive as your normal person. Also, maybe you don't even have as good of a relationship with this person who's covering, right? I mean, if it's your work friend who usually helps you with this. You guys are close, you're tight, whatever. And then they assign it to somebody else. Hey, guess what? That person, they might not be your closest buddy. And so you might get like just, you might just be the fourth or fifth thing on their list. Whereas if it's your normal guy, you might be the first thing on their list. You just have to consider it's going to be slower, not just because it's not the normal person, or not just because your normal person's out, but because it's also not the person who regularly does the work. So we have to assume that normal timelines won't apply and we have to check, make sure. So those two things were kind of negative, like these are the negative consequences of other people being out, but there is a potential for doing a bunch of positive things. So if people are out of the office, there's kind of two things that will happen. Either you get a bunch more work because you're covering for people who aren't out of the office and you actually end up working harder for that period. Or sometimes when there's a lot of people out, things get slower. So the week between Christmas and New Year is a classic for this. Because all the customers and the clients are out of the office too, there's less work because they're not sending work to you. It can get very slow uh, and you can be sitting there with nothing to do, in which case we're about to suggest a bunch of things you can do. 
if that happens to you during the summer as well, for some for some businesses, the summer can be like that too, in that nobody takes on new contracts, nobody buys new things, nobody tries to complete projects. If you've got time, then we're going to suggest a bunch of things that you can do. And that's like the, the upside, I guess, of people being out of the office. If you find yourself busier because you're covering for other people, then you probably won't end up doing any of this stuff. But if you do end up in a slow time, then these are things that you can do. And the first one is schedule meetings. Yeah. These times, these holiday periods, the summer, the fall, around the Christmas and Thanksgiving holidays, they might be slower for you. And that might mean that some people are more available for networking type meetings, right? Things to build your network and build your relationships. People might be more available, not less. And if there's someone you've been planning to have coffee with or lunch, this is a great time to schedule it because either their availability is higher or they just have more time to devote to these kinds of tasks. It's also especially true if your boss is out. Coffee or lunch can be difficult if your boss is the type where you have very short deadlines and they bring you things with very little time to do them. While he's out, you could be sure that you could have a lunch that was kind of uninterrupted, like an hour, or coffee, which, you know, for a lot of us, I don't often get to go to coffee in the afternoon. But in July, if your boss is out, you know, you could go out for a coffee and even if it's just go pick up a coffee so that you could talk to someone who you would like to increase your relationship with. And we're in no way saying that this should should be hidden from your boss. We're not trying to hide anything or do it behind anyone's back. It's simply that less people in the office, and especially including perhaps your boss, means that you might have more time to dedicate to those kinds of things. Because it's going to mean that some of our things that are lower priority on our usual day-to-day basis might get to bubble to the top. So we're not trying to schedule them behind anyone's back. We're just trying to schedule them at a time where there's more availability or just when you have more ability to control your time and your calendar because the person who's mostly in charge of what's on our calendar is not available right now. Yeah, it's 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 much less likely that if your boss is on a beach in Thailand, he is going to call you in the middle of your lunch. Exactly. It's not 100% not going to happen, but it's less likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> next up, uh, check on your goals. So way back in January or December for some people, you set performance goals or objectives for the year as part of your performance evaluation. And if you haven't been checking in on them monthly, which is a mistake, you should start checking in on them monthly, then at least check now while you've got a couple of hours on your calendar that you don't have anything you know urgent that you need to do, then this is the kind of stuff that if you remember the Eisenhower matrix, it's a square box with a horizontal line and a vertical line in it. And so it becomes four boxes within a big box. And the top two are um, important and the bottom two are not important. And the leftmost two are urgent and the rightmost two are not urgent. Where we really want to work is in the stuff that's important but not urgent. That's the stuff like changing processes so that it becomes easier in the future. And during the summer or during a time where things are slower, 
this is the time to invest in those things so that when it becomes busy again, or even if you were able to do this in May, April, May, and then you make the summer easier because you're going to be covering for people, that's a really important thing to do when you have time to do it. In fact, we should try and work more in that square, but most of us don't because the fires call us. <laughs> so if you have time to check your goals and make a plan to achieve them during the summer, then that's a really good time to do it, especially if you consider the kids go back to school at like the end of August, mm-hmm. depending on where you are in the world. So you really only have, if you're in North America, you really only have two productive months before Christmas, before the end of the year. You have September and October, then November is Thanksgiving and December is Christmas. If you think about it, only have two months to achieve all your goals that you will sit with your boss in December and have your performance review for. So this is a really good time to look at those goals and make a plan to achieve them. And of course, there's a cost for that. (laughs) Our next topic is kind of along the same theme to pick up backburnered tasks. These are those things that you wish you would do or have been in the back of your mind, things like that. And we suggest that this might be a good time to focus on them. When Other people are on vacation. Usually you're working really hard because you're doing that work and covering for other people. But if everyone is off because it's specifically a slow time and a time when there's not a lot going on and not a lot to do, then these quieter periods are an excellent time to look at your someday list, right? Your, um, wouldn't it be great if I had time for that list and see if there's anything there. Maybe it's something you put off. Maybe it's something you want to automate or make simpler. Or maybe it's writing down processes. I have some processes that I really think we could use some documentation about. And if I had an extra two or three hours in a week, then I might go in and write that stuff down and make some kind of outline for it. Because I think then it's easier for other people. Well, that's not something I usually spend a lot of time doing, but I could do that during the summer when, hey, it's, you know, Tuesday and I don't have a lot left to do today. Maybe I should focus on those things. And if you don't have one of these lists, like a nice to have, maybe a wish list, a someday list, you might want to read Getting Things Done by David Allen. This is actually a great time to implement getting things done, these slower periods. And maybe that's another thing that is on your list. Maybe it's, you know, personal productivity and maybe it's just personal growth through reading. That might be something that's on your list. If you've never read Getting Things Done, hey, look at that. Something to do in July. Yeah, and and it's easy. You know, getting things done takes a little while to implement, maybe like six or eight hours. It depends on... I guess, how many projects you have and how much, how far spread all your tasks are. But yeah, if it's the quiet period and, you know, work is the work you need to get done is only lasting till two o'clock, then you can spend three hours every day for a week. And by the next week, you'll be super productive because GTD improves your productivity a million times. Yeah, that's one of the things. We've got this list of things that you could focus on, right? Reading is one of them. 
you could also update your programs on your computer. Yeah, how often does it say, <laughs> would you like to update Word? And you say, no, ask me later. Ask me later, ask me later. Well, eventually later has to come because otherwise your program stops working. So this is a good time to do those things. Or like a clean sweep, like a, you know, some kind of declutter your files. Also, you could learn something new, a technical skill, some subject matter, reading. I'm reading Misbehaving, which is a behavioral economics book. And I am shocked at the things that it has taught me. I shouldn't be wow. because, of course, he's the smartest person in behavioral economics, but it's just not the thing I thought would influence my daily work and personal life. You could also tidy up. You could title up your filing. That could be on your computer. It could be your physical stuff. I mean, I don't know. Some days you just need to clean off your desk, right? Yes. There's all kinds of stuff. Look at all the, the post-it notes that are like curling up at the edges because you've had it on there for like, on your computer for like two years. Or the contact list that you stuck to the, the side of your um, cubicle and four people have left and two people have changed their number and you've got like scribbling on it. Like it's a nice time to just take that down, update it, put a new one up there. Right? Or your cork board. My cork board gets stuff on it that I wonder about. It's just another clutter place. Exactly. You could implement some shortcuts. There might be some shortcuts. This bullet really reminded me of Text Expander, which I use all the time, but it's like a textual shortcut program. And if you use Text Expander a lot, it could take you an hour one day in a year probably, to just clear it out, to look through what's in there, see if you still need it, remind yourself of what your shortcuts are. I mean, sometimes it reminds me, hey, you have a shortcut for that. Oh, right. I didn't remember. Or sometimes I have shortcuts on my desktop, but not on my laptop because I haven't synced them. Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself to sync them every now and again. Yeah. Find out how to fix that one problem you've got, right? Yes. I had a list. Sarah wanted me to find out how you do Google Docs offline. And I kept saying, I'll find it out. I'll find it out. I'll find it out. And I didn't have time. And then Alex solved it for her. Now she loves Alex and not me, which is, you know, oh. breaking my heart. Breaking my heart. I'm sure. But, you know, it was one of those, it was one of those problems that started out as something small, but we've been putting more and more things on Google Docs and Google Sheets. And that meant that when Sarah was traveling and she didn't have Wi-Fi, she couldn't work on those things. And so it started out as like a stone in her shoe. And um, last week when she was like, I'm going to ask Alex because Wendy's clearly not going to do it for me. It was a big rock. It was impeding her progress. So getting rid of those things when they're small is a really small, annoying problem. It's a really good thing to do. It is. And the longer you wait, the worse it gets because your brain is telling you it's getting harder too, I think, you know? Yeah, all those tasks where you think, oh, it's going to take me an hour, and then you do it, and it takes like 10 minutes. And you just, why did I not do that three months ago? The reason this made me think of, this list made me think of text expanders, because I have my travel laptop, and it doesn't have all the same programs as my desktop. And that's, of course, for a series of reasons. And I don't have text expander on my travel laptop, which means... A lot of the emails I send don't get sent until I get back to my desktop. It would take me five minutes to get Text Expander on my laptop. 
But I don't do it. I don't know why. I'm not sure. It's silly. Yep, I had one of those tasks this morning. I was convinced it was going to take me an hour, and it took me five minutes. It was ridiculous. I don't know why I did I put this off. I do that all the time. <laughs> the last one we have here is set up your Bible. Bible as in a uh, small b. This is a term that comes from uh, PAs and secretaries. If you remember 20 years ago when not everything was electronic, maybe it was 30 years ago, I don't want to count, uh, secretaries and PAs would have on their desk a folder and it would they'd call it their Bible and it would have everything in there. So it would have phone numbers, relationships, frequent travel numbers, um, how to do certain tasks. Uh, and if you came in as a temp, which I did a lot, they would give you the Bible and say, everything you need to know is in here. And the boss would come out and say, okay, I want you to call my wife. And you go, oh my God, I don't know her name. I don't know her phone number. I don't know if I can call her now. And it would all be in the Bible. You just open it and there would be a page about family and it would have the wife's name and her phone number and what she did and where the kids were and all that stuff. And the reason we had it was partly so if a, a PA or a secretary went out sick, a temp could come in with no other information and just pick up the Bible and have enough to be able to cover for that person. But also because it was way faster than any other method. So, for example, I have in my phone a bunch of phone numbers saved. I have Mark's phone number saved. If you ask me what Mark's phone number is, I can't tell you because it's in my phone. But that means if I want to get it for someone, I've got to open my phone, open the phone app thing, scroll through the contents, the contacts to find Mark, and it might not be on the right page, find Mark, open it up, and then I get his phone number. Whereas if I had a piece of paper in a folder on my desk, open the folder, there's the number. And so these things, these Bibles, have a lot of the information that you use a lot, but it's hard to remember like phone numbers or um, frequent flyer numbers. Or I have one, there's a couple of codes that we put in the show notes, which as Kate and I read it, we can see the little comments, but you can't. Wait, if you print out the show notes, if you have a license and you get the show notes, it has all of what, what I typed, but it, there's some comments in there that aren't there because they're not relevant. They're just to remind Kate and I to say something while we're recording. That code... I can never remember. And so I have it in my Bible on a piece of paper and I can just look at it. You know, I don't have to go find it. I don't, I mean, I guess I could use text expander, but I don't for some reason. But, you know, those kind of things that you frequently look up, you just put them in a Word document and print it out. So easy. So creating one or updating one, that's another thing to do during quiet times. And now I don't have to do a cast about it because I've just described it. <laughs> Uh, another thing that we can do is clear out that pile of nearly finished projects. Those things that you got as far as delivering to the customer, but you never put all the files in one folder, you never archived it, etc. You can go in and finish that stuff. You have time if it's slow to do those things. Finishing stuff is really hard. Like the last 5% of any project is the hardest 5% to do. Yeah. Because... You know, you've pretty got 95% of the glory, and now you're just tidying up. Yeah, I have lots of those. <laughs> and I know lots of people who have lots of those, so it's a good thing. 
Uh, next up, help your colleagues. So we talked uh, a few weeks ago, we had a class called What to Do If You Don't Have Enough Work. And part of that was worry because you need to have enough work to do. But part of that was help your colleagues. And it's not as easy as just saying, hey, do you want some help? There's some nuance around it. So you should go listen to that cast. But this is a good time to help your colleagues with work that they have and therefore learn what they do, learn something new, be able to cover for them. It expands your skill set and it builds your relationship because you're helping them out. Mm -hmm. The next thing we've got, the last thing on the list is you could take some time off. Wow. <laughs> I know. You could go on vacation. 54% of Americans didn't take all their vacation days in 2016. Over half of people didn't take all their vacation days. Yeah. And at the same time, according to some 2013 studies, 75% of people and professionals reported seeing better performance from team members who took vacation days. So we're actually doing ourselves a disservice by not taking time off of work. As long as you're willing to plan and be cognizant and responsible, and of course, yes, we do have a cast for that, taking time off shouldn't be an additional burden on your colleagues. There's ways to do it. Parts of your work can be done in advance. It helps you to be, in my experience, both more cognizant of things that are coming up and also efficiency, right? That last day before vacation, people are efficiency machines. <laughs> and those things aren't going to leave a burden on your colleagues. I was actually talking to Maggie this morning about, you know, I'm going on vacation and what do I need help with while I'm gone? And I told her what I need help with. And she said, oh, that's all. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I can do 90% of my other work in advance, set it up, get it ready. I can plan for emails to go out. I can, in fact, I did a bunch of extra planning in advance last week, knowing that, yeah, they the calls happened early and that wasn't a big deal to anyone because it's slow everywhere, right? So having them this week versus next week wasn't a big deal. And not only that, but we're going to return the favor, right? It's when they go out, we're going to do stuff for our colleagues. So we can go on vacation. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And time off generally leads to more enthusiasm about your job. That's why people see uh, better performance from people who take vacation because you need new input into your brain if you're going to get new ideas. And it doesn't need to particularly be something related to your job. It's amazing how, for me, how going to a foreign grocery store gives me ideas about my job. Like, How does she write podcasts and go to a grocery store makes her think of other things. <laughs> well, it does. It's just being away from your desk. It's about having other inputs, about letting your brain connect different things. You don't have to even work at it, in my experience. You just have to go on vacation. Or if I get in the car, it's amazing how many ideas I have when I'm driving. For no apparent reason, it's just that my mind is wandering a little and then I think of things. So if you can, take vacation if you have vacation days, take them. If you can't afford a vacation, then staycations are all the rage. And there's a million blog posts about how to have a good staycation. So you can do that too. And even if you don't have vacation to take, take your lunch break and leave on time. 
because we all have periods where it's the end of the project and we're going to work all night because we have to get the project out or something came in from a client and it's a load of money if we get it done right now or there's a new product coming out and so everybody's working on the launch and we have to stay or have to is a difficult word because nobody actually forces you to but you know you feel obliged to stay and you want to stay because your team is working and there's reasons to stay but too often we spread that to every day of the year and it's not true there's only certain periods where you have to stay late and so during the summer when there's less people around it's easier to leave on time and it gives you the practice of leaving on time so that when people are back in the office but there's nothing urgent you still leave on time so take breaks take your lunch break come in on time leave on time and practice not looking at your email in the evenings if there's a lot of people out you won't get so much email not looking will be fine and it's weird that you need to practice those things but you do because that's not your normal behavior and anytime you're changing your normal behavior you have to practice whether it's, you know, your tennis swing or leaving on time, there's still behaviours you have to practice. You never know. You might like it. July doesn't have to be the Bermuda Triangle. In fact, the holidays and the summers are a great time to get real, true forward motion on things which we struggle to get around to in the first place or during times of normal work pace. You have to make sure first that you have the information you need to get your normal work done well and on time. Then take a look at the list of things you could be doing and decide what you should do and what you might like to do and what you can get done. There's a list of relevant podcasts on the podcast page for this cast. So you can listen on your commute and make those summer days super productive. Wouldn't that be cool to get to September and know I'm in control? I got a plan. I'm efficient. It would be so neat. It'd be so great to get to September and know that you're going to make those performance review goals. Oh, yes. And not having any anxiety about it coming up to December. That would be amazing. It'd be so nice. So do that. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. We'll be back next week with more guidance.